Yo, we are back with another episode of the No Brainer Podcast. It's your boy DB and Mr. KP, and this is one of the first podcasts we've done in a while that didn't have any real football going on. Because I'm not going to call the Pro Bowl real football. Basically, it was two hand touch with pads. I saw a video of Micah Parsons laying a hit on somebody, and they told him to ease up. Dude, it was ridiculous. Like I. Like, this, there was a play towards the end of the game. I didn't watch the game. I just saw this replay where, like, Mac Jones is, like, running out the pocket. Is that the one and, where he hit the gritty in the end zone? And, well, yeah, but, like, the thing is, is, like, it looked like when they would, like, just grab you with two hands, you were supposed to just stop. That's why I'm calling it two-hand touch. Well, they did that to him, and then he just kept running, and then he went. I don't know if they gave him the touchdown or not. Yeah, but, I saw the videos of it. It's fucking but I know, I know former NFL players are pissed. Like yeah, Sean Taylor, Sean Taylor probably rolling around in his yeah, grave right now. Deion Sanders came out and said, uh, it used to be an honor when I would get to play in the Pro Bowl and show why I'm primetime. He said, now all these players who make it, is a just, it's just a joke. He's like, at this point, you shouldn't even have it anymore. And so, like, that made me think, wouldn't it make sense to kind of do what the NBA does with theirs? What? Where, like, you get – Extra like million dollars for like the team that wins, like each player. Oh, maybe now, give them an incentive 50, to now, play. I know there's 53 players. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know how many people make the Pro Bowl. I'm assuming it's the same. But it's probably not the it's, same as a legit. It seems NFL like roster. they take three players from each position. Let's just say 40, for each conference. Let's just say 40 yeah. to 45 is probably where it's at. So you mean to tell me these billionaire owners can't each be like, let's just pitch in an extra whatever it is to give each player right. on the winning team a million dollars? And the losing team still can get 500k or something like that. Make them actually want to play because that you're gonna. Start well, I know they have they have incentives built into the contracts, but I mean they needed what they need to do is take the what. Just it's, it, I found my history lesson. Um, well, speaking of that, let's get into the stat of the day. DB stat of the day. I got two stats today. Uh, one is a coach stat because we're gonna be talking about some coaching shit. So, but first, I'm gonna do save that one for last. I just look. All I'm gonna say is, I promise you, my history yeah. lesson is gonna shit on whatever your stat is. Well, the first stat is this will be the tenth time in NFL history that one of the starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl is named Joe. This ties the record with Tom, all of which were Tom Brady. Oh yeah. Now my stat for the coaches shit is. Since 1969, the Steelers have had three coaches, all of whom have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Two of them multiple Super Bowls. And the Jags have had four coaches since 2020. Yeah, well, you know, the Jags, I had heard some stat in, like, the last, like, 10 to 15 years have only had, like, one winning season. And that was the year they went to the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles. And that was, like, a weird season, too. They could have went to the Super Bowl. Well, you think they about should have went to the Super Bowl, honestly. The team was stacked besides Blake Bortles. That's right. what's crazy. But I told you, don't look at your phone because I just sent it in the group. What the best – What this is the best history lesson that we're ever going to get. I'm so glad we recorded today. Uh, I, already, well, I already knew about that. Yeah. In right. 2010, on this day, the New Orleans Saints beat the Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl – 31 to 17 with now retired Drew Brees being the MVP. What a day that was, man. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Even though it was 12 years ago now. Yep, that's Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, 12 years ago, 12. but every year. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, I mean, 2018 to 2020, I mean, 2018 was the year. I mean, that was the year. If, it, if there was any going to be a year in that span, that was the year. But 2019 and 2020, we still had good teams. I will say the 2011 Drew was probably the best Drew he's ever been. Well, yeah, that was the year he got robbed of the MVP. You mean he came in second for the MVP? Nah, nah. We don't have to get into all of that. But um, speaking, while we're on the Saints right now, which which <laughs> what what do you want to address first? That that they have no head coach or they might not have a running back this year? Well, <laughs> I guess let's talk about Alvin Kamara. So, did you read the shit that I sent? Well, no, I haven't had a chance to yet because, like, it just came in. Well, all right. So, obviously, we read all of this report earlier, and we were saying how the report doesn't make sense, this and that. Well, apparently, there was a continuation of the report where Alvin Kamara was interviewed and gave his account of what happened. And it says, like, Kamara said he was his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. He was waiting for the elevator to open so they could leave the club. They were hanging out talking. The elevator opened. They all started to walk in. Kamara says he remembers Green calling one of his friends ugly. And then later says, I'll whip your ass too. Kamara says he saw a fight break out next to him and he saw Green get punched. Kamara says he threw a couple punches thinking the guy was running away. Kamara doesn't remember if he punched Green while he was on the ground. So, it was a congested area and hard to see what was going on. I presented Kamara with photos from that night. Kamara pointed out himself when asked why Kamara punched Green. Kamara indicated he thought Green was running away and had done something to his group, so he chased him down and punched Green several times. The video disputes this showing that Green was not running away, but had in fact just been punched by Kamara's associate, and then Kamara immediately attacked him. So this is Kamara's <laughs> statement. Yes. So basically, he that's might why, be screwed. That's why I was like, yikes. So basically, he <laughs> might be screwed if there's some kind of video that shows it's worse than like what it appears. Yeah. Not my kid. I tried to warn y'all, mother effers. Well, you can't blame us for not being like, this doesn't... I can't and I will. This just sounds like, out of character for Just like Kamara. the Sean thing. I'm telling well, you, Well, the dude, Sean thing, look. I don't care. Look, I don't, hold on. I don't care what Bryce says. The motherfucker was probably drinking. Oh, yeah, we're, they were, we're his club. age. Yeah. We know damn well what we would be doing in Vegas at a nightclub, especially the, if we didn't have a real football game. The, the Sean next day. thing, the Sean thing is different because, like, I can expect Sean to do some shit like that. Like, this seems out of character for Kamara, but I mean, if he admitting to it, then I don't know. But I tell you what, running backs and elevators—it's a deadly combo right there, dude. I, and I'm gonna say what I said earlier. Because now this proves, this backs up what I kept saying earlier. He's an idiot for it. There's no other way to say it. If that's what actually happened, then you're I mean, an idiot. Then he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. Like, that's what I don't, like, I will keep, I will stand behind this. When you are getting paid that kind of money that you're getting paid, you know the second you walk through any doors, everybody pretty much knows who you are. If, yeah, you, if this. You cannot put yourself in these situations. If this, uh, if this guy. If if what Kamara said is true about um you know saying the dude saying I whip your ass then I bet this was like a cash grab by this guy like this guy knew what he was fucking doing. Well, that's what I said earlier to Bryce. He was like, well, "What if he said? What if the dude's coming up to you and provoking you and blah blah?" I'm like, "Then you just walk away and dip." 
Like, you don't have to be like, oh, I'll show you who's puss. Like, right. just walk away. The whole the whole thing still seems weird, though, because why would... Like, AK's got to know there's video of what happened. And, like, AK's fucking... Well, that's another thing. Shit, it's not matching up with the other dude's shit. So, I guess... That's... We, well, why haven't we seen this video? This is I, a... That's weird. Usually, there's always a video. Well, I think what probably happened is whoever videoed it probably is with the guy who's hurt. So they're probably waiting to see if, like, Kamara was going to try to come out deny it, stuff like that. Or they're just waiting to see, like, how big what's going to happen in the trial today. Because if in the trial – because they had a trial today. Well, it's not a trial. It's like he goes – it's like, you know, you can get arrested, yeah, you go to right, court to right. get see the saying, judge and shit. But yeah. he's got to still hear – everything about the charges and tell his side of the story which obviously he just did so now their side's gonna probably talk to their lawyer and be like can we really f this up more for him if we just release the video now or wait a little bit yeah, like, it's a shame that. that it's like that but you know that's what people are thinking i can tell you what it doesn't sound good yeah and uh all jokes aside it's that's that's the one player they needed to rely on to, to be there for them because y'all make the jokes about Panthers ain't nothing without McCaffrey. Saints ain't nothing without Kamara either. We learned that this year. Dude, they are fucking dragging Kamara on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure. Saints taking L's all over the place. AK just giving the cops full-ass government names. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's jump into something else that's also been pretty negative. Why AK thought this was going to be a minor fender bender? <laughs> the, well, I, the funniest one I saw last night was the Longest Yard 2 featuring Henry Ruggs and Alvin Kamara. Dude, that shit was funny too. But all jokes aside, though, Henry Ruggs' situation is obviously a thousand oh, times worse. 100%. Okay, but anyway, let's talk about how the lack of diversity going on with the coaching hires. And I want to make it very clear. They keep throwing out how there's only one minority coach, Mike Tomlin. Well, there, there's actually there was actually two because there's Salah. They're saying what well, they were saying, black. Coaches. I get it, but yeah. you, the whole point of it is, you know, minorities aren't getting as many chances, right. obviously. So, we've got the Bears. Theirs was Matt Eberflus, the D coordinator of the Colts. I think that could have very easily went to like a Leftwich, a Flores. Before the fact the, that they didn't hire an offensive-minded coach with a young quarterback just doesn't fucking make any sense to me. See, I agree, too. But then you hear everybody talking about, oh, well, you know, the Bears, they're, they're all about just always having a stout defense, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, and look how you, many Super Bowl yeah. rings it's gotten them recently. Oh, that's right. The Saints had the number one defense in the league and missed the playoffs. So that that one I, I found kind of questionable. I didn't understand it. and then they But they did. Hire a black GM. Ryan, yeah, I think he uh, Ryan polls. polls. Yeah, yeah he, you know it's funny? He played for the Bears, too, I well, think. You know it's funny? They replaced their GM, Ryan, with Ryan, and they replaced their head coach, Matt, with, with Matt. Matt. So if they've got nameplates or parking spots that said Matt or Ryan, they don't even have right. to change them. But the Broncos, this one makes sense only because of who they're trying to get. They yeah, hired, they pretty much Nathaniel hired Hackett. the whole Green Bay yeah, staff. They, Nathaniel Hackett, the OC, is now their head coach. And then their their OC was the quarterback's coach for the Packers. 
So yeah, that's they're all in on the. Um, so that that's all that Rogers. one tells me. And we'll and we'll get to the Broncos later because I know we're going to talk about all the Flores stuff. Yeah. So, and then the Giants. Speaking of the Flores stuff, they went with Dayball. <laughs> that one I can understand because that was the that was the OC for the Bills and the guy who got like all the credit for for like turning Josh Allen into right. what he is. So if that's true, I agree he deserves a chance to go somewhere else to try to replicate that. The yeah, problem I don't know is if it's anybody... not going to happen with Daniel Jones. Yeah. I don't know if anybody was saying he wasn't deserving of the job. I think it's just the circumstances in which he got the job. Well, that's why I want to talk about these teams and who they hired. Because so far, we both agree the Bears could have easily went in a very different route and gotten a more credible candidate yeah. who is, indeed, fact, minority. Right. All right, so Raiders. Josh McDaniels. I mean, this is what I'll say about Josh McDaniels. He got a playoff win with Tim Tebow. Yeah, of, <laughs> of a play that probably works one out of an ten 80, times. An 80-yard slant. Yeah. But anyways, he still got a – but the fact is he at least got them to the playoffs with yeah. Tebow. But other than that, they were awful with the when he was with the Broncos. I don't know if I would have hired him. I I think the Raiders should have kept uh, Bisaccia. That dude, he just, he just got hired as a special teams coach for Green Bay. Right, it's insane. Like, how do you go from interim head coach to special teams coach? And not only did you go from interim head coach to special teams coach, you were the first interim head coach ever to lead your team to the playoffs. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. I didn't at least usually, give him a shot. Because usually when you're an interim head coach, you know, the head coach gets fired because the team sucks. Right. Gruden didn't get fired because the team sucks. Gruden got fired because, you know, for obvious other crazy reasons. So this dude stepped in, led them to the playoffs. Now they did lose, but they did lose to the team who was currently in the Super Bowl. And he is not the head coach anymore. Derek Carr even came out yeah, and I, said he I wanted him. Yeah, I read that a lot of players were the upset. Lock, oh, yeah, the locker room wanted him. So to me, Josh McDaniel shouldn't have got that job. They should have kept Bisaccia because even if you had him for another year or two, he was somebody who the players wanted to play for, which could attract other people. Right. Now, the Vikings one. This is another one where you could have very easily had other people. Kevin O'Connell, the Rams OC, which he hasn't they been there that the long. They want the next Sean McVay. Yeah, I understand. It's, right. a, it's a duplicate league, I'm just saying, right. or copycat league. But speaking of the Vikings, Jim Harbaugh doing what he did, I have a theory of what happened. He said that's the last time he'll ever try to get an NFL job. Right now. That's what I'm going to add to that sentence. Because there's no way in hell you mean to tell This is what I think happened. I think he went there thinking he already had the job. He he thought it was his. Oh, so he like sucked in the interview. Yeah, he got there. I don't think he sucked in the interview. What, what I read was that basically... The, because him and the GM both were at, on San Fran together, like when he coached over there. So him and the GM had a really good relationship. The owner and the president, CEO, whatever, didn't care for him wanting – because he wanted to get rid of Cousins and either draft a QB or try to trade for him. Harbaugh wanted to get rid of Cousins. Harbaugh. Okay. The owner and the president slash CEO didn't, and they were using the fact that Cousins made it to the Pro Bowl this year as part of their argument. That's – let me tell you something. He's probably the fifth or sixth option after other people declined, and then he got in. Because you mean to tell me he got in over Rodgers? 
Right. And he definitely didn't get in over Stafford, who's in the Super Bowl. So that puts right. him at, and he didn't get in. Russell Wilson and Murray were the other two, so he was probably number five. Right. And obviously his cap. I like Kirk Cousins, but, but his cap hits ridiculous too. See that, but that's the thing. They're they're in a shitty spot with him because they fully guaranteed that contract, so well, they can't release him. That's why the people who yeah. are in charge of the money were like, <laughs> "We ain't getting rid of him." <laughs> like they can't release him, so. And so I think he felt played that he didn't get the job because the deal went on National Signing Day. Right. You that's don't what, go That's on, why we were all like, "This this man's leaving." So. You don't go on National Signing Day unless like you you know you got that job basically. Right. And then, because the, now what's going to happen is when he's recruiting against Michigan State and Ohio State, they're going to be like, you want to go play for that guy? He's about, he's trying to go to the NFL. Right. So, Vikings was another questionable one. Now, the Jags, they got your guy, Doug Peterson. Not my guy at this all. Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if this man won a Super Bowl. Like, he's got a losing record as a fucking coach. Hey, sure, he won hey, the Super Bowl, hey, look, if, but like you can't say he if, won the Super Bowl with Nick if Foles. Matt, if Matt Rule has these two five losing season, five winning seasons, wins the Super Bowl next year, and then next year has a four win season, I'm good with it. Look, yeah, as a fan <laughs> of your team, I'm sure the Eagles fans are good with it That's, too. That'd be the first Super Bowl we ever. But had. my point is, is that everyone, everyone's like, well, he won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. I mean, yeah, he won the Super Bowl and Nick Foles was his quarterback, but it also took. Wentz having like an MVP season to even get them there yeah, in the first place. Yeah, but credit to him too because Wentz has never been that good again. But if Wentz has never been that good again, why couldn't he do it the next season? Because I think what happened was that Peterson fell – the reports all said it. Peterson really liked Foles and wanted to keep him. And Wentz, you say it all the time, Wentz is soft. Yeah, he he's didn't a want, bitch. He didn't want Foles on the roster because he didn't want to have to worry about getting replaced. And it was funny too because Foles because once sucked and then Foles brought him back to the playoffs the next season. Yeah. But I like him for the Jags job though, because I, the only like, way to go is up. Well, so, he only needs three wins and he moves into top five all time well, that's wins in Jaguars history. So he only the only way to go is up, and you've got the number one pick this year. You had the number one pick last year with Trevor Lawrence. You you don't have any. You got the most cap room out of any other team in the league. And there's decent pieces on the defense. You still got Miles Jack. You still got the other Josh Allen. And you got Shaquille Griffin as a corner who's still a, he's a decent number one corner. I'm not saying I would want him going up against the best elite receivers, but he can at least hold his own most games. Right. You got to fix the O-line, obviously. You got James Robinson, who we both like as a running back. Got to get Trevor Lawrence some pass catchers. And, well, speaking of a pass catcher, I know he's a running back, but Etienne's going to be healthy. True. Hopefully. But he has no receivers. I mean, his best receiver well, is Marvin Jones. He's like 50 DJ years Chark old. DJ was hurt. I like yeah. DJ Chark. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was hurt. I forgot about and him. And Chenault's not bad, but he's not close to being a number one. They well, don't, they, they, don't all, they all hyped that man up, and I bought into that yeah. shit. They don't, and they also have zero tight ends. So their offense needs work. They'll bring Tim Tebow back. They straight. With, with that being said, though, with the first pick, I think they got to go Hutchinson. Have him and Josh Allen on opposite sides. One of those guys will never be double teamed. And I think it'll help them out a lot. But the Dolphins hiring the first minority head coach <laughs> this season so far. Son, Half minority. That shit. Like, all right. The guy's dad is black. I understand. Which, but which, like, look at this dude. Son. I know. I know. Like, he looks very. He looks. I, I told you. He looks like, like me. I called it out. I said it earlier. He's like Logic. 
Bro, like Logic's dad's black, but the dude you like if you showed him somebody'd be like, Look at this white boy rapping. I'm saying, but like But he's not he's I mean he's only the dude white. look like not saying he looked like me, but like he looked like me. Like tan skin, a beard, wear glasses. Like nobody about to look at this man and think that dude's black. Oh, I know, but So the fact that they like, oh my god, and then like not a forty ers is about to get two draft picks Yeah for hiring him, like and the Dolphins gonna be like, Well, we ain't racist, we got a black coach. It's like, no. Well, they had he, a black coach the last three years. Right, but like, and they fired him because he wouldn't tank. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> say, we're gonna get in all the floor. But stuff. it's like, I mean, good for him. The dude's a good coach, but it's just, it's just super sus to me. Like the dude's, like the dude probably, you know, uses his whiteness to his advantage, and then he's black when he wants to be because he technically is black. That's well, that's the kind of vibe I get. I from will him. say, my favorite thing that I've seen from Mike McDaniel. He's is, a funny guy. He's the guy that was in the interview, and the reporter. His name is Mike Jones. Yeah, he did and the he was like, he was like, Yeah, he was like, hey, uh, Mike Mike Jones here. And he was like, who? And he was like, Mike Jones. And he was like, who? And then they all got it after. Yeah, no, nah, he's a funny guy. I like him. But it just, it, when they were like, Dolphins just hired minority coach, blah, blah, blah. He's half black. And then I look at the guy and I'm just like, the fuck? Well, here's a guy that you can't question. The Texans hired Lovey Smith. No, nah, that shit's sus. No, let me explain. I got That's a theory. Sus. I, I, have I got idea. a theory too. Okay, I'm seeing if my theories are. My theory is is they was gonna hire Josh McCown. And my theory was is they was hiring Josh McCown. McCown was their guy. The Texans ain't slick, no. Yes, they, they are. They was hiring McCown. I got one for you. They was hiring McCown. Brian Flores sues the league for this racial diversity shit, which he has a lot of fucking reasons to. The Texans are like, well, we ain't about to hire McCown, this white guy who has no coaching experience. Let's hurry up and pivot. Hire Lovey Smith, who was our defensive coordinator. Let's bring McCown on on our staff just so we can fire Lovey Smith a season or two because we have no fucking roster. And we'll just go ahead and promote McCown because then at that point he'll have coaching experience. Well, did you hear that Lovey Smith actually has a good relationship with Josh McCown? So well, they're going to hire McCown as the O.C. Yeah, and then so they're going to fire Lovey Smith, Smith, and then they're bringing him back. Josh McCown got the experience now. Let's so bring him on. So, But to me, it sort of makes sense. And unless Lovey Smith is actually winning games, like I'm they, not saying make him the sucks. scapegoat. They're yeah, I know their roster games. sucks, but they do have their picks back finally. Like the thing and, I, and I'm not saying it, it'll happen, but can Lovey, the, the big question is, can Lovey Smith be the guy to get Watson to play? Because if Watson plays, we both agree, I, I would assume, they're immediately a six or seven win team, probably. Just because yeah, of Watson. Right. Which is still a losing record, but it's but not the, like I, I think they would be like a six win team, but they can win as much as nine wins if like the ball bounced their way type of shit. Right, and let's be, let's be real. The division isn't the strongest division. It just doesn't make any sense for me. You fire, you fire David Cully, who for one, exceeded expectations with that fucking yeah, roster. Yeah, liked him. You fire Mark, him after one season. Mark Ingram praised You him fire a lot. him after one season, going this vast head coaching search just to promote Lovey Smith, who like came out of nowhere. I'm telling you, bro, it's sus. Like what? Like it's so random. Lovey Smith's name wasn't mentioned at all until Brian Flores sued the league. Now all of a sudden we're gonna hire within, promote Lovey Smith, and we're gonna bring McCown on when McCown was their guy the whole time. And it's like it's like you said. Oh, we think McCown's got all the tools to be a great head coach. Well, fucking make him a head coach then, if that's what you think. Well, I said it earlier. I was like, you can't say something like that and then just let him not right. be a head coach. That's that's why I'm telling you, dog. It's suspect. But suspect. That's all the teams who have hired a head coach, and there's one left. 
who still has a vacancy, and it's the Saints. And the question still remains. With they've done the most interviews by far, in my opinion. At least that we so know. So we did Doug Peterson, Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen, uh, Aaron Glenn, yep. Brian Flores, uh, Brian Flores, and Eric Bieniemy, and the special teams coordinator. Special teams coordinator, and then I don't know if we did Leftwich or not, but they said we were. I don't think they did. Speaking of Leftwich, he didn't get the Jags job. Did you know Doug Peterson actually interviewed for it like a month and a half before he actually got the job? Because they kept interviewing other people. And Leftwich, basically what happened was Leftwich wanted to bring in his own people, like part of his staff. Yeah, that's what I read. Let him. Right. And so that's why he said, I don't so, want the Jags job. So Doug Peterson was like the booty call, second option. Basically. Yeah. And he, and he was like, you know, he could, as he showed up to the interview for the second time, he probably put his ring on the table and was like, you still want to discuss things? <laughs> right. But I know who you want still as the Saints head coach. I want Eric Bieniemy, man. Bring him on. Hometown guy. Interviewed for eight hours. But I still think, I st- and we might get a lot of crap for this, but I still think it should be Flores. I mean, I'd like to, I was, I'm on the record. I've mean, been I, screaming I, I that before the lawsuit came out. I like Brian Flores. Which, now that leads us into the lawsuit. Let me just say this real quick. Because I want to address the big... The, the, I, we, I understand the race stuff is a big deal. But the one to me that's just absolutely like, what the hell? If the Dolphins owner actually was offering this dude money to tank, he's screwed. If that comes out true, he's got to sell the team immediately. Well, the, apparently, the NFL owners are gonna like get him, get rid of him. Yeah, because you you cannot have a guy running a franchise knowing damn well because no players will want to go there. You'll probably have situations of guys who get drafted like Eli and be like, "I'm not playing." I'm not right. going there. Yeah, like you you cannot risk that if that comes out true. And to me, you don't make an accusation of that like specific. I can't see like, him that lying specific, about something right, like that. Like, you don't yeah. just come out and lie about that. Now, we all thought, see, it was all hidden. We all thought it was the him and Tua thing, which had part to do with that. But it turns hey, apparently out... Apparently, they do one in Tom Brady. Well, that's another thing, too. Well, what happened was Brady wanted to bring... Like, when Brady came, he wanted decision, help, like, opinion on uh, staff members and shit. Right. And Flores was like, no, like, you're not coming here and getting that. And Flores was on New England staff when Brady was there. So it's not like he doesn't know how Brady was. Right. Yeah, I mean, if that comes out to be true, for one, this whole thing doesn't make any sense because Brian Flores sues the league. Like two hours later, the league says, No merit. These accusations are without merit. Four days later, all of a sudden, the Rooney rule doesn't work. We don't have a lot of enough black coaches. And. So, like, what was it? Was it without merit? Or do we not have enough black coaches? Now you're bringing in a third-party agency to help with your diversity program, which I don't understand, like, what... Like, this is how it comes off to me. If if they was really hiring the best man for the job, they would obviously be more than one fucking black coach. Well, now there's two and a half. <laughs> two and a half black coaches. But, like... I just don't fucking get it. Like, why is it such a why is it such a problem? 
Well, we, and what's crazy is what a lot of organizations say is that they uh, they hire their head coaches to to be leaders, and the OC and the DC are really more in charge of like de- offense and defense called play calling for most situations. And so, basically, what you're trying to say is you don't think black black men can lead other yeah. teams of mostly black men, like it. Because I mean, let's let's be real. It's it's mostly black men in the NFL, and it's for good reason. They're all just I mean, they're all good. Like I'm not saying that you know white people aren't getting a fair shot because we just can't keep up. And other positions, it seems, and the quarterback position, that's just as diverse as it's been probably ever. Shit. I mean, we got, got Lamar Jackson. We got Lamar, Deshaun Russell, Watson, Tua, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. You still got uh, Kyla Murray. Kyla Murray. I know there's probably one or two we still missing. I'm trying to go Justin Fields. Justin Fields. I'm trying to go team by team real quick. Jameis Winston, when he plays, he's going to be a starter somewhere, most likely. Right. So, I mean, that's, I'd be willing to bet – the only other time I can think of, like, when there was a lot of black starting quarterbacks like that is the two, the early 2000 era when you had, like, Culpepper. You had McNair. You had McNabb. You had Vic. Fucking Dante Culpepper. Yeah, I know. I pulled that one out of nowhere. But, but, yeah, the Flores stuff, like, and then what he said about the uh, the Giants interview. Now, the that's Bell the part. Thing. Bro, like, there's right. no denying Hold that. Hold on, There's no denying I'm, that. I'm shutting your conspiracy down real quick. Bill Belichick does not hate the, the Giants. Son. Him and, no, him and Mara, the Giants owner, apparently have, like, a real legit friendship. I don't friendship, believe it. Like, outside of football. I don't believe it. He's an old guy. I 100% guarantee, because my grandpa has done it to me, <laughs> where he meant to text my sister, Karen, which is K-A, and he accidentally texted me, Cody, which is K-O, because their eyes don't work like they used to. His eyes gotta work enough, bro. He the fucking. It was Brian one F of the, and Brian D. He needs to change it to White Brian and Black Brian. I'm just saying that's <laughs> he, he might have now, but no, I guarantee you that's what happened because he he was legit like heard from the Bills and Giants. You got the job. Congratulations. Like there's no way he was just like you know what I feel like doing today. Son, I feel like stirring that mother effing pot. There's no. It's, He's it's, too old for It's that. purely a coincidence that his a guy from his coaching tree. Interviews for the Giants job, and he sabotages it prematurely from the only team to beat him twice in the Super Bowl. I ain't buying it, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was a planned. It was, not. it was a planned hit job by Bill Belichick, and it was a successful one. No, he's just old and screwed up. Like, <laughs> how do you text Brian Flores? Thinking he's Brian Dayball. Hey, I, I just Can you imagine it. how Brian Flores had to feel this whole thing. Oh, I know. He he like he even said he he said when I realized what was going on, he said I felt humiliated. Like, bro. Now the one that's going to be hardest for him to prove though is the Broncos one. Because how can you prove that they were all? Yeah, drunk that one's telling just a word of mouth. Interested. Like that that's gonna that's gonna end up that's gonna be the one getting swept under the rug most likely compared to the other two. But see there's another thing. Now you got all kinds of coaches coming out saying that they had sham interviews and that they knew it. You have Hugh Jackson coming out saying how he was getting money to lose. Yeah, see Jason McCordy came out saying there's no way the Browns are trying to win in two thousand seventeen. See, I'm not gonna say that uh Hugh Jackson's a liar, because I mean it's we don't know. 
until the facts come out. But it's just, to me, why would you wait this long all of a sudden to just be now saying this? Probably because like he didn't want to. Like, you haven't had a job. You're coaching in college. Right. Because he coaches at uh, Grambling, Grambling State. Yeah, yeah. Or it might, I didn't know if it was Grambling State or Grambling. Either way. Basically, well, they got the, the same symbol as the Packers. Yeah. But it's yellow. So, you I mean, there's a good reason for it. Yeah. Who's going to believe Hugh Jackson, though? Like, well, everyone, everyone, like, Hugh Jackson was but the laughingstock of the league. It's like, not Brian, about who's going to believe you if you know in your well, heart yeah, that it's true. I know that, but I'm just trying to think about from his perspective. The he was thing, like the laughingstock of the, the league. The only other thing I could think of is, like, he didn't know, like, how he, he didn't have any proof or anything like that, so he didn't want to come out. Well, apparently, he, had he that has kind of proof. proof. Well, then I can't help him. I mean, it it is one of those things where it's like, why didn't you come out? But maybe he's like, well, fuck it, Flores came out, and I'm coming out now too. I got somebody to back me up. You know, Flores is a respectable coach in the league. I mean, it's 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 all like I said, it's all tough. I mean, it's definitely a bad look for the league, especially with sports gambling ramping up. With with people with coaches and owners being accused of purposely losing games, like. The league, the league's got to get that under control. Because, because if I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it. If owners are paying coaches to lose games, there's no reason for me to not believe someone paid the referees oh, in a 2018 NFC Championship game. I'm gonna say it. Just cry, baby. I'm gonna say it. Get out of here with your nonsense. I'm not saying the refs got paid, but it's plausible if owners are paying coaches to lose that the same could also happen with the refs. It's plausible. Right? Nobody's paying the damn refs. You don't know. Well, apparently we thought nobody is paying the coaches to lose either, but apparently it's happening. Well, well trying to pay him. It hasn't been proven yet. There's no there, now we both think he's telling the truth. But he's it got. Has not, there's no way you're making an accusation like just that. Just saying, we both think he's telling the truth, but it has not been proven yet, as y'all would have told me earlier when we were arguing about the Alvin Kamara stuff. Or you the one who was playing guilty until proven innocent? No, I was just. What I kept saying was, if it's true, he's an idiot. <laughs> That's what I kept saying. But speaking of teams. Playing the win or lose, the Pelicans, as of right now, as it stands, would be playing against the Lakers in the play-in. Don't want to play against LeBron in the playoffs. It's not actually the playoffs. It's just a one-game scenario. Yeah, but it's still a playoff atmosphere. It's a wild card round, basically. But it's still a playoff atmosphere. I'm just saying. So, don't know how I feel about that one. Now, look, let me be very clear because I have been saying it, and I will keep saying it. We don't deserve to make the playoffs. Dude. We are 12, no, 11 games under 500. The only reason we got a chance is because the last five or six teams, the last five or six teams in the West all suck. Uh-oh. What now? Somebody, at Pels underscore fan on Twitter says, CJ McCollum was just spotted house shopping uptown. I wish we had a camera so everybody could see my face. So this is my problem with this with this crap. We're gonna for the record, hold on. Mm-hmm. I have never met somebody who wants their team to lose as much as Cody does. I didn't say I want us to lose. 
<laughs> I've never I just met said somebody that we who don't like deserve literally hopes their team had zero success. That's not what I'm saying. Unless, we just don't unless, deserve it. Unless the Pelicans win every single game of the season, Cody thinks they suck. Bro, it's not true at all. And let me be very, very clear what I Cody thinks you say. shouldn't be happy when your team makes improvements, even if they are small improvements. No, because, because this is the thing. If you improve from being a dumpster fire to still, to still being shit, it's not really Bro, much of an improvement. If I, if I started out as a dumpster fire... And now I'm just a little campfire. No, we're not I will a take, I'm, a, no, I'm happy. We're not with, a I'm, I'm happy with that right now. We're not now. a campfire. We're still like shit. That's what we pretty much are. Like the poo that comes out of your butt. That's what we are. <laughs> and I wish we would be better. And listen, let me say this: trading for freaking CJ McCollum is not going to do a damn thing it's going to put us right where we still are maybe in the play-in just to lose to not get into yeah the but what if zion and, comes back and it's going to screw us next year when we owe him 33 million dollars what if zion comes back dude he ain't worth it he's 30 years old he's only going to get worse before he gets better his contract's huge and the dude's injury prone lately i like i don't it doesn't make any sense let's get an injury prone guy on a team who's full of injuries <laughs> that'll, that'll show everybody like, I just, I don't get it. To me, if we're not trading for De'Aaron Fox, we're not trading. Because when if we get, that's the thing everybody got to realize. If we get McCollum, somebody like Josh Hart's probably going. Josh Hart is probably my favorite player on the team. Jackson Hayes, who's been making really good strides, looking like a decent four coming off the bench instead of playing him at the five, he's not with us anymore. He's going. What, like one of those two players will not be on the team, right? If with that kind of trade, so CJ McCollum was averaging twenty and a half points, four point five assists, right? That's one steal. The, and this is the thing: I'm not going to compare Hart's stats to him because they're completely different players. But CJ McCollum is a liability on defense. We already don't have many defenders <laughs> as it is. Zion's soft as can be on defense. Brandon Ingram's not a defender. Devontae Graham, damn sure ain't no defender. Now, Herb is. Valachunas is a good paint defender. But Josh Hart brings that extra guy that you could, like, if you got Herb on the other team's <laughs> best player, Josh Hart can go guard their second best player and at least limit them somewhat. I just, I don't, I don't get it, dude. Like, I, I just want us All to be it, good. I want yeah, us to be good. I mean, I think everybody wants us to be good. Like, in New Orleans, at least. But I don't want us to also get rid of people who, like, are good building blocks. And, and it just costs us. Because, and like, because this is what I'm thinking is going to happen. We're going to trade for McCollum. He's not going to immediately, like, upgrade us or anything like that. We're going to, like I said, maybe make the play. And then next year, what, we barely get in the playoffs again? And then by the time he's 32, right, we pay him almost if, 40 what million. What if we just get into play it? We get into playing this year, and then next year we're like the six or five seed. But that's that's a big you what still if. Not happy with it? But that's a big what if. And I don't believe we still would be with McCollum. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he tips the scale for us that much. Right, but what if next year we got Zion, a healthy Zion? I'm saying with Zion, I don't think McCollum would tip the scale for us that much. It's not that I don't think he's a good player. But he's not the all-star he used to be, and that's what Portland's probably trying to sell him on. Like, to me, 
if you trade for McCollum, you better have a you better be a team who's got like two superstars already, and you want him to be the third guy. If he comes here, it's beyond and it's Bi and Zion's team, but he's gonna still be compete with them. And you gotta think he's gonna be taking touches away. Right. Fox is at least a floor general who can set up other people. McCollum's more of just a scorer. Well, we can get Eric Gordon in, dude. When I saw them link his name, all I thought to myself was, who the hell is trying to sabotage us? <laughs> I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, do you understand what would happen to him if he came back to this team? How everybody would act? I, I feel like you can't do that. Fans would riot. Like, there's no way in hell you would catch, oh my God. Like, dude, if we if we got him, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Well, it says that we're talking to the Kings about De'Aaron Fox. Right, I've seen that too. But apparently I've also seen that they're not getting rid of him unless they get something big. They want B.I. or Zion. Oh, well. Because that's how they look at Fox, which to me, honestly, Fox is on that level. That's how good Fox is. Not Zion, no, because he's still got so much potential. B.I. also, and I wouldn't trade B.I. because he loves to be here, and that alone tips the scale in my favor. Like the fact that we started the season 1-12 and and we're in the play-in right now, I think speaks volumes. Like, obviously, these guys have bought into whatever Willie Green's talking about. Oh, I I said I liked Willie Green. I I, I he I, he was one of the first hires we had in a long time, where I was on board right off the jump. Cause obviously I didn't like Gentry, and I wish we'd have kept Monty Williams. Uh oh. What now? This is off topic. But it says, Kyler Murray has unfollowed all Cardinals team social media accounts and scrubbed his personal feeds of team-related content. That dude ain't going no ass. What kind of leverage does he have? I mean, <laughs> I want to know who finds these things out. <laughs> I'm always like, why does it matter, like, personally? Like, who's like, you know what? I'm going to go check out Kyler Murray's followers, see if he's still following the Cardinals real quick. It don't make no sense. People just do whatever the hell they want now. I tell you what, I might go put a bet on Herb Jones to win MVP Rookie of the Year. Well, you saw Brett did. You saw what it is? No. Brett uh, Robo, he placed a uh, a ten dollar wager to to win like four racks. Like that was the odds difference for Herb Jones because he he said he placed it a while ago because it's just you know ten dollars right. oh, so is a Pelican rookie. In, yeah. And so like he he put it in and uh, yeah so he can hit. Real big. But I actually got a little uh, surprise for something that I did. This is actually something that I want to do every year and see if I get, if I, how much I get right. So, this I am not Mel Kuyper. I am not Todd McShay. Not even in the slightest. But I did my first ever way too early mock draft. <laughs> for the whole, just the first round. I'm not going any further than that. And I used a specific uh, website that actually, like, uses an algorithm to, like, who's the best available for, like, what teams need what. And, like, you can actually make trades on it and it'll show you what teams would be interested to move up, like, for that team right, yeah. and stuff like that. So, first pick, Aiden Hutchinson to the Jags. Second pick, I had the Giants trade up with Detroit. From five to two. So Detroit only moves down three spots. And, you know, I don't remember what round pick I gave him because I only did the first. 
So the Giants could take Kayvon Thibodeau, the other like fire edge rusher. Then at three, Houston. I got them taking our boy Stingley. They need help at a lot of places, but they definitely need a shutdown corner. God, he's going to fucking hate his time in the league. I understand, but <laughs> you never know. He's with Le- Lovey Smith. He's obviously a defensive guy. Four, the Jets, the goddamn Jets, taking their safety, Kyle Hamilton, to replace Jamal Adams. This guy, Kyle Hamilton, I know we don't really know too much about Kyle. Sounds like a NASCAR driver. So I did some research on, like, some of these players. This, they're saying this dude is, like, the next, like, hybrid safety that, like, you could line up anywhere. That's what they said about Isaiah Simmons, too, and he fucking hasn't well, no, really panned no, out. He's, he's a linebacker. Yeah, but he's, like, that hybrid safety linebacker. Well, I mean, he does play both, but I'm just saying this, he's from Notre Dame. They they got a lot of people raving about him. He's uh, he's 6'4", 220 also. So he's a, bit, he's a big safety. So now at five, the Lions who traded down, I've got them taking Ahmad Gardner. That's the guy at the corner from Cincinnati. He's he's the other. It was Hemmer Stingley as who's the number one corner this year, pretty much. So I got them taking him. Think about it. They got rid of Slay. Right. And they got uh, what's his name? The other corner they drafted early from Ohio State. I think it was, but he didn't pan out. I think it's oh uh, Okuda. Oh yeah. So yeah, I thought he was gonna be a dog. Right. So th- he's shown some flashes. You, this is you got Amon St. Brown who looks like a really good number, really good young receiver. You got Swift at running back. You drafted Sewell. The O line wasn't bad, so I think you help out your secondary on defense. And Need a quarterback, man. Well, well, well. Think about this: the quarterbacks in that division might be Jordan Love, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Fields. You might have the second or third best guy. <laughs> so you don't have to panic yet for a quarterback. And let's not forget, they own the 32nd pick from the Rams. Oh, yeah. All right. Number six, the Panthers. Evan Neal, tackle from Bama. I had him slide to us, which obviously could change, especially if the Giants would trade up to two. I could see them easily taking him. But just for selfish reasons, I have him sliding us. Right after us was the Giants' second pick at number seven, which I gave them the other, the other best tackle, Charles Cross. Oh, so you got them just loading up. So they they score with Kayvon Thibodeau as their edge rusher and Charles Cross as their tackle. Now Atlanta. This one was a toss-up for me. I gave them Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. And I'm just going to start going quick and get to the people who like the teams who we care about because I don't want to sit here and do this whole thing and take up all this time. So the first QB I got going ninth to Denver. I got them taking Kenny Pickett. And that's obviously if they didn't get Rodgers. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, Smart probably... draft 1.0. As of right now, they don't have a quarterback. So an interesting one at 11 was my second QB. I had Washington taking Desmond Ritter, and I took him over Malik Willis because Ron Rivera, I think, will you try to replicate what he did with KM with Ritter because Ritter is more of a KM-type quarterback than Willis is. Willis is more of a pocket passer who can use his legs. So... I'll hop to 13, Cleveland taking Jamison Williams. They obviously are going to need a receiver because they might be losing. I think he now. might drop after that fucking injury. Well, 13 to me is dropped because if he was healthy, he'd be a top five pick. Next big deal one, I've got at Philly at 15 and 16 taking N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, and the tackle from North Carolina State, who they're saying could also be like one of the best tackles. Now 18, I'm sure you know who sits there. 
the New Orleans Saints. So at this point, there was one, two, three receivers I had gone. So I felt like the Saints taking the fourth receiver at 18 wouldn't really be like the best way to go for them. So I gave them Malik Willis, the QB from Liberty. I'll take Malik Willis. At 18. No, not moving up or down. At 20, I went with the other another quarterback, Sam Howell, to Pittsburgh. So I've got four QBs so far going in the first round in this draft. And then my next big my next big one would be all the way down to 30, the last pick of the first round for the Detroit Lions, Matt Corral from Ole Miss as the fifth quarterback of the first round. Yeah, they had a report come out today saying they don't think any of the prospects are any good, which is weird because like just like four days ago, all they were doing is sucking off the quarter, sucking off all the quarterbacks. Well, there. So what I've seen like McShay and Kuiper say a bunch is that none of these Q, like none of these QBs this year would have went ahead of the five guys last year. They're saying if any of these QBs would have came out last year, they would have been the sixth guy, like behind Mac Jones. So that's why they're saying like they wouldn't like, like they would have been right, probably day two guys. Mel Kiper, what Mel Kiper said though is out of pocket. He came out on the record and was like, "I wouldn't trade up for none of these guys. None of them are gonna ever be a guy who leads your team to success." Blah blah blah. And I'm just like, "How can you say that?" I'm just like, you never know what could happen. Look, look at Josh Allen. I know he's the person everybody uses. Fucking look at Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Look at I mean Drew wasn't a high draft pick, was he? Drew was a second round draft pick. Exactly, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, like fourth that's what round pick. You can eat. Like, I'm not saying easily, but like it can easily happen. Right. For some teams, for one of these guys to just randomly pan out, as long as they're in the right situation and you're building around them right. There's no way of knowing. So that's what I said. He was like a thousand percent, a thousand percent, and I'm just like, eh, if, if this is, I'll say it again, if. Evan Neal's not there, and even now, possibly Charles Cross, because the more I read about him, I like him too. That's the two, the two best tackles. Like, they're basically Sewell and Slater last year. Like, it's out of them too, like, what you would rather. Right. If we can't, if both of them are going by the time it gets to us at six, I say we trade down and we take a, we take a swing at Pickett, if he's still there. I don't know what the Saints are going to do. Well, I look, I wanted, I sat there and I thought about giving y'all, um, Olave from Ohio State. But when I was, like I said, when I was looking at it, I was like, it can either be the second best QB that they got ranked this year, or it could be the fourth or fifth best receiver that they got ranked this year. And I just figured, obviously, you still got Mike Thomas who they're hoping plays. So I was like, if he comes back, if Kamara still plays, the thing the QB is, if would Mike, be the Thomas, best Mike Thomas is like, Mike Thomas can can hide some of your quarterback deficiencies. Right, but if you can get a rookie, that, oh, if you can get a rookie to terrible, throw the ball to Mike, terrible. yeah, throw the ball to Mike, you know, get his confidence up a little bit. I mean, I think we, you know what, like we ain't got Sean no more. Fuck it, this is the time we let's just draft a guy and roll with it, man. Now that's only I will say this: that's only if Pickett or Willis is there. That's the only two QBs I like. Ritter is like I said, he's a project. He Ritter to me is would be like, and I know you love this guy, but Ritter to me would be kind of like a Jalen Hurts. Saints should have drafted him. Like man. use your feet, use your feet, and like, like as much as 
as much as a hard on, like as much as a hard on Sean had for Taysom Hill, the fact that he didn't like Jalen Hurts, well, just Hurt, yeah, fucking but Hurts ain't physical like Hill. Yeah, but Hurts is a, probably a better runner. Like he's more. Well, I would say he's definitely more agile. Well, yeah, but he's gonna and get he's got down. A, he's got a better he's gonna arm. Get down immediately. Hill's yeah. gonna get those extra three or four yards. Right, but by breaking tackles, that could possibly lead to like a twenty yard run. Right, after that. but I mean, Hurts can bust up. Hurts busts that run you off wanna, on us. You want to know? And Hurts got a better arm than you Taysom know Hill. Who I think whoever the next head coach should use Taysom Hill kind of like, but I know it's not worth it because of the money. Use him like Niners use Ushek. Or like that fullback. Yeah, how like he'll line up at, on the line as a tight end sometimes. Well, that's what they. He'll, he'll I mean, that's what that's what but, Taysom excels at, in my opinion. Fullback, which I think would be great for Hill, because when you do these fullback, instead of doing the QB power, now you have the option to do the fullback power or play action, and then you send him out in the flat or something like that. Right. Like you could, I think they would be able to use him a lot more if they would use him like that. Whoever the next head coach is, I definitely hope we get the enemy, because like I just. <sighs> I don't want any stale play calling. And I know everyone was saying Sean's play calling was getting stale. I don't necessarily think that. But, like, we saw we saw what Pete Carmichael did against the Bucks. What? I'm just going to make – I'll let you finish, but the, the group text that's always that, – that I make fun of all the time, I sent them that Kamara report, so you can only imagine the stuff they're saying. Like – we saw what Pete Carmichael did against the Bucks with Taysom Hill as his quarterback. We only scored nine points. I understand it's the Bucks, but the only reason we lost that game is because of our defense. I don't want none of that with a defensive head coach. If the Saints are gonna, the Saints need to get Eric Bieniemy and draft a quarterback. So, so we can have continue this. This offense we had, just you know, we have this one outlier year where we had a shitty offense, but let's let's get back into the the top fifteen at least. Yeah. So I did my top five realistic QB options for the Saints. Realistic meaning no Russell Rogers. Realistic. Because obviously, if those are realistic, they one and one. So number five for the Saints would be Jimmy G. Obviously. Not a lot of people want him here, but the thing you you will use the argument. Well, he's a winner. He, you know, he just goes there and he wins. So I mean, I'll, it's true though. If you could now, look, don't ever think I'm comparing him to Drew. But if you could do with him what you did, like at the very end of Drew's career, where it's a bunch of just dinking dunks, and you kind of just replicate what Sean did. But that's the thing, though. I don't but, think they can replicate what Sean did because well, only Sean can do it. I understand, but Dennis Allen being there for a while still probably could have learned some of the basics that they run. That's right. my point. Like, he could still have a basic game plan. With, that like, Sean what made, with what made Sean's play calling so good is that even if his play calling was stale, his personnel packages were elite. Like, this dude had 59,000 personnel packages. So, but, so Jimmy G's number five. Number four would be, we talked about one of the rookies getting Desmond Ritter. He's got the legs. The only thing is he's got, he's got to develop his arm. But he's got potential. Number three would be drafting Malik Willis. We were touched on him. We both think he can be a decent rookie. Now, we've been wrong before, a la Bryce Petty. 
But Bryce Petty was also not projected to be a first rounder like these guys. We thought Bryce Petty was gonna be the fucking man. We we did we did we were on that like Brent when, was on Josh. When Rosen. Saints didn't draft Bryce Petty, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then they ended up getting him. The Saints. Bryce Petty was on the Saints roster. When? Dude, we talked about this because we thought he was gonna be good when we came to the Saints. We were bucking about it. I don't remember. Well, I remember we was trying think, to, we was hoping that he would get it, and then I think Drew, it was one of those situations then, where like he then, was on it, and he never made the like roster, but like uh, he was with the Saints. Oh, never mind. I said I don't think Bryce Petty was ever with the Saints. Well, but we was hoping that the Saints would saying, draft him. I know we kept saying he could, he should have been. But we was hoping the Saints would draft him, but then it didn't matter because Drew was still fucking. Being Drew. Now, you know what it was? The Saints were looking at him and apparently scouting him, but they, they, they took Grayson over him instead. Oh, Garrett Grayson. Yeah. Well, so number two, Kirk Cousins. And that's simply because there's not many better options this year for QBs. You know I like my Kirk Cousins, man, but not that contract. Actually, you know what? I'm going to drop Jimmy G out. And I'm going to make Kenny Pickett number two, Cousins number three, Willis number four. And Ritter number five, because I have a surprise for number one. Is it Jameis? No. And Saints fans are going to hate this. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Could you imagine? Now, look, Matt Ryan gets a lot of crap, obviously, because he plays for Atlanta. But the dude's still a good quarterback. At his worst, he is still a top 13 to 15 Bro, quarterback. At Matt worst, Ryan was, like, the most hit quarterback and like, NFL history. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and people forget, this is a guy who made it to the Super Bowl and won an MVP not that long ago. I like Matt Ryan. I mean, I had Matt Ryan in my top ten when we did like, our quarterback rankings. Like Matt Ryan, and this is another thing. Do you know at the pace he's on, if he plays the same amount of years that Drew played, he's going to break Drew's records? That's the thing. I don't know if he plays that long. I, me neither because he's been hit a lot more. But right. You never know. It might be a situation where he gets to go somewhere else and he goes somewhere where they got an O-line that's going to protect him. I wouldn't mind having Matt Ryan here, but I think the majority of the casuals are going to be like, what the fuck? If Matt Ryan went to the Saints and all they had to give up was basically draft capital and, like, a player that's, like, not a big, big deal, they would immediately become the favorites in the NFC South. Immediately. Oh, yeah. That's how good Matt Ryan is. Atlanta, as of right now, might be the favorites in the NFC South. And they and we know how awful the rest of their team is. And Calvin Ridley might be going. That's why I had Atlanta taking uh, the first receiver. Yeah, I mean, essentially, Matt Ryan led that team to seven wins. Seven and ten. Seven with, wins with, with Russell Gage as the number one receiver. And he didn't even play every game. And Kyle Pitts had one touchdown, so nobody can use him as an argument. Right. <laughs> Speaking of... Kyle Pitts had his first ever touchdown in America in the Pro Bowl. Oh, he not as a professional because he didn't score. He no, he scored one touchdown and they played in London. Wow! So he even tweeted it during the game. He was like, "Got my first professional touchdown in America." Doesn't count, bro. It's two hand touch. It's pro and it's Pro Bowl, which will never show up in your actual stats unless you look up Pro Bowl stats. But so that's the QBs I think Saints should be targeting immediately. But let's. I want to jump back to this NBA talk because we barely got to talk about the Pels. I will not, and I'll keep saying it, be upset if we make it to the playoffs. 
or the play-in. Because this is the thing. If we make it to the play-in as the 9 or 10 seed, we're probably not going to win anyway. So I wouldn't be too mad about that because we'd finish as the 9 or 10 seed instead of finishing as the 11 or 12 seed. So, like, that's not a big deal. My whole thing is I don't want us to get to, like, 7 or 8, which we're not going to. There's no way. The 7 seed's the Timberwolves, and they're 7 games ahead of us. Hey, man, basketball is a game of streaks. Eight, eight seeds, the Clippers, and they're five games ahead of basketball us. Basketball is a game of run, man. I'm just saying. Game of runs, man. Now, we're 21 and 32. Portland's 21 and 33. San Antonio's 20 and 34. Sacramento's 20 and 35. So that's the four teams fighting for the last play-in spot, which is why I said if we make it to that point, I will not be mad because we're really only dropping like two or three spots, and it's a lottery anyway. We still would end up in the draft lottery. But speaking of, like, these teams, the East, if we were in the East, right now we're – this is how bad the bottom of the West is now. The, the power has changed for the bottom of tier teams because it used to always be, you know, oh, in the West you can get a 500 record and you won't make the playoffs. Right. In the East, 500 record is like four seed. Well, right now we're 10th. If we were in the East, we would be 13th. Damn. And we would only be two games ahead of the team in 14th. So that's that just tells you how bad the East is right now. So I mean, how the West is. Who do you think the Pels should target besides De'Aaron Fox? We, I know you say Chris LeVert, but the Cavs just I traded for Chris him. LeVert, yeah, that was my second option. My third option. It's not going to be a sexy name, and it's not going to be a guy they're going to give up. I would love if we got somebody like Jalen Brunson from the Mavericks. And I know you probably would have like, who the hell is Jalen Brunson? Yeah, who the fuck is Jalen so Brunson? So Jalen Brunson is the guard who plays for Dallas, right? He's 6'1", but he's he's a floor general with Luka. Obviously, Luka runs the point most of the game, right? So he's the guy who like they use to like give Luka some breaks, stuff like that. He's averaging 30 with 32 minutes. He's averaging 16 points, 5.5 assists, and 4 rebounds. And he's a PG. Now, his three-point percentage is only 35%, and his field goal percentage is at 50. But the guy is a very good, like I said, floor general. He he plays defense. He's not a great defender, but he's going to give you heart and hustle on defense. And he's not a guy you have to overpay to get. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have to give up big assets to get him. Like I said, the only problem is Dallas ain't going to trade him because they like we, him so much. I thought the Pels, the Pels was about to get uh, Rick Astley. Oh, Huerter? Yeah. Huerter? This is the thing. What, this is what I noticed. Besides Fox and Levert, everybody we're targeting is pretty much like just shooters and scorers. That's it. That's what we need, huh? In a sense. The problem is, is when you bring one of those guys in, it's gonna, like I said, you're gonna lose a key asset, or you, if for for McCollum, if you're trading for Eric Gordon or uh, Huerta or Duncan Robinson, I saw you ain't giving up no key assets. You're just gonna give up young pieces and maybe a draft pick. Right. But Duncan Robinson's contract's insane. Don't want him. Like his is worse than McCollum's, and this year he's having his worst season ever. As soon as he got paid, don't don't want him when he's having a bad year. 
Eric Gordon, we obviously don't want for obvious reasons. The second he gets here, he's going to be like, oh, my knee. I'm fucking My hurt. knee. Oh, my knee. <laughs> I can't play the rest of the season. Thanks for the money. Right. And then Huerta, he's decent, but he's streaky. Like, some games he might give us, like, 25. Other games he might give us, like, 7. But he takes, like, 9 or 10 shots. And he only hits, like, 2 or 3 of them. Like, that's the kind of player he is. And he doesn't. he's not a good defender at all. That's what I keep saying. I don't understand why the hell – we want to get one of these shooters to lose a defender who can't defend. At least get a two-way guy, kind of like Brunson. But Fox, Fox is the home run. If we get Fox, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm all in. Oh, so if we get Fox, you because want to make the playoffs? Fox, isn't, Fox is a legit all-star player. So if we get Darren, if we trade for Darren Fox, if you're we, like, fuck it. We I trade, want the Pelicans to make the playoffs. If we trade for Darren Fox, I would probably be the happiest I've been with that franchise in a while. So you heard it here, folks. Cody doesn't want to make the playoffs unless the Pelicans get Darren Fox. Like I said, I'm fine with the play in. But if we get oh, if we get Darren Fox, we're gonna make the playoffs. I, or at least we're gonna definitely make the play in no matter what. Cause dude. So would you be okay giving up Josh Hart if it meant Darren Fox? I would. Because Darren Fox is that good. And Josh Hart's my favorite player. But dude, De'Aaron Fox, like, the problem with Sacramento is They've got Davion Mitchell, who's a guard, the dude from Baylor mm-hmm. last year, and uh, Halliburton, who's also a good guard. And they love both of them. They rave about him. Fox got his money from them, but, like, he don't want to be there. And, like, he don't like the fact that, like, they're taking the ball out of his hand a lot right. to, like, let these guys get opportunities, which, I mean, they're good. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be touching the ball, but he's not being used the best of his capabilities. You bring him here – and you make him the primary ball handler and something like let him and B.I. like, you know, share it sometimes, just them two. With with Valachunas, that pick and roll would be insane. Same thing with Zion if he would decide to stop being fat and come back and play. I wonder if he's going to play this year. Well, see, that's the problem. Cause, but the thing with Fox is he's got a big contract too, but he's worth it and he's young. Dude, he's only 24 years old. Damn. That's why, to me, he's the home run because you'd have these three young – you know, two of them for sure could be easily superstars, and the other at worst is an all-star. That is what you need to build a championship team is like three guys like that, but they'd have to stay together to make it work. I'm trying to find some news on Zion. But like to kind of give you a comparison of what Fox did last year whenever he they didn't take the ball out of his hands as much. So this year he's averaging 21 points with five assists. Last year, when he was the primary ball handler, he averaged twenty-five and seven. Like, and he, and he, now he's not a great three-point shooter, but he doesn't have to be. Herb Jones is becoming a better shooter. This kid, Alvar—I say kid—he's probably older than us, our age. This guy Alvarado, that little, the point guard I sent you out that clip of. Where, like, he's running up the court, and uh, D'Angelo Russell's like, can he shoot? Can he shoot? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I can shoot. And then, like, they show him run to the other side and, like, what a three. He looks like he's he's a dog. Well, yeah, he's he, he wants that contract bad. He's he's trying – he's almost earning it. And you still got – I don't know if we'd lose Devontae Graham or not. I'm assuming we'd keep him. But who knows? We'd probably – we'd definitely lose Josh Hart if we got Fox. There's no doubt about it. He would be part of the deal. Somebody said – I'm thinking about the mismatches when we start 280-pound Zion at point guard <laughs> with Jackson JV down low and have the stretch arm strong twins with B.I. and Herb as our wing. 
Well, yeah, they <laughs> they they got so many people because like this is the thing. Jackson Hayes has shown like some promise at the four, but I still don't think he's starter worthy. Like he he's to me, his ceiling is like being a good role player off the bench, which is nothing wrong with that. Right, people. A lot of players make a living their whole lives being a role player, a consistent role player. Pat Beverly was like six men in a year, fifty thousand times. Patty Mills, yeah. Patty Mills with the Spurs, and then like now with the Nets and everything. Like, there's like no new news on Zion. J.R. Smith was another one. When is Zion coming back? Let's see what Google says. Zion return. But I know you remember. the one where the guy was going crazy on freaking uh, what you call it? Windhorse. Who? With that thread y'all sent. The thread y'all sent where uh, they had the the one dude like going ham on Windhorse about how like everybody's crapping on the uh, Pelicans as we're this poverty franchise, but they oh, rave yeah. about the other teams. I'm trying to find that one right now. Well, yeah, because in that, in that video, your boy comes out, like the NBA insider guy, he comes out, he's like, well, first, let's start talking about the Pelicans. Not like, I like the Pelicans and we should be talking about them, but let's just start off with the Pelicans. And it's like, what was the point of saying all of that shit? Found it. All right. Quote from Windhorse. First off, I want to talk about the Pelicans, like you said. <laughs> Not that I think the Pelicans are like the super most interesting team, but a couple of things. And then the guy was like, wow, he's got this, we hate this franchise so fucking much, lead-in. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck's going on? And so then he said, then with, we'll completely, dis, like, then with the completely disingenuous BS on Zion, quoted, we are almost, by my account, two weeks late on our next update on Zion Wilson. Zion Williamson. But then he also said a minute later on the exact same podcast, Pelicans are giving updates every 10 minutes. So which is it? Do we not know, or are they giving updates every 10 minutes? Then he said, the Pelicans, anna- the Pelicans announced on December 16th, seven, week- seven weeks ago, this was three days ago, Zion's timeline of four to six weeks until the next update, but then gave another update on January 5th, saying in a few weeks. So they actually had a specific timeline, and now all of a sudden it's just, oh, it's a few weeks. Right. Then he said, it's important to note that Windhorse, in the midst of his reporting, apparently didn't get the memo on his own organization's reporting. He's just floating bullshit and crapping on this organization. Fuck him. And then, he, and then the guy went on to say, the Pelicans shouldn't be trading just for this year. Which is what I keep saying. That is all McCollum is, is a trade for this year. He said, I don't think anyone outside of the Pelicans front office thinks they should be trading for this year. Apparently, Brent does. But the absolute disgust that these people have for the franchise existence, now here it is. Since November 13th, the Pels have been better than some of the franchise these guys always give the benefit of the doubt to. So since November 13th, the Pels have a better record than the Clippers, the Lakers, the Knicks, the Wizards who are a playoff team in the East, the Trailblazers, and the Spurs. I was telling you that earlier. All credible teams. But... Like I said, it's not the fact that like we're not like I'm not I'm not pissed that we're doing better. I'm happy we're doing better, but nah, like this man blow. He's like still I don't not, know why we keep winning games cuz no, we're just going to get smashed. No, I did not say that. 
I said, I don't know why everybody's celebrating like we're going to win the championship. Ain't nobody celebrating. We're just happy we're winning games now. And then he said, you want to go back 30 games? This is the record before Thanksgiving. We have the 16th best record before Thanksgiving. Teams below us, Atlanta Hawks, playoffs. Brooklyn Nets, playoffs. Clippers, playoffs. Lakers, playoffs. Rockets are awful. Knicks, eh. Spurs, not that good either. So pretty much, the Pelicans are your 2022 NBA champs. No. But my last thing, because then I got I to gotta close it at this. I just wanted to address what they're saying in the group. Bro, these people are calling Kamara now their golden boy. All these Saints fans who praised him and loved him. What a dumbass, straight up hood rat. That's, that's what they just tried to label Kamara because it is. Jesus. Like, was it stupid? If this is what happened, I mean, Kamara is essentially admitting to it is what I'm getting from all of this. And it's not smart. It's stupid. But that doesn't make him a hood rat. Hell no. We've all done very stupid things in our lives. Literally. We've tried to fight people for no reason. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll say this one. I'll say my story. Who said it? Who said it? You don't have the name. You don't have the name dropping, but who's the one who said it? Well, I'm not going to name drop them. It's nobody you know. Name drop them on the post. Nah. Give them their government name, address, nah. social security number. I actually number. don't even know the guy's last name, and he I know he doesn't live in Louisiana right now. He lives in, like, Florida. That's like, God, that sounds, like, so racist to say, honestly. Oh, look, I'm going to be the, look, let me say this. They do, they do say some very messed up things in there sometimes when it comes to this. Like, they're all against hiring Flores. And I went in there and defended him. I think I sent y'all those screenshots. Yeah. Of saying like this is not on Flores, like they should definitely. Well, yeah, they were like he's done now. What an idiot! Yeah, like, <laughs> but I like. First of all, I don't think he's done. At some point, he'll coach again because I think there's going to be an organization that's like, you know what? Fuck I like him. what you did. Like that shows that you just want to be a winner. Like we want you. Well, that's why. I like, I mean, I've always liked Flores, but that's what really made me was like, you know what? Fuck it, we should hire him. The fact that he was willing to fucking. For one, the fact that he was willing to take down the league by himself, you know, I fuck with that, and might as well just stay on Goodell shitless. And then two, like the fact that he would have been paid to lose, and he was like, "Nah, fuck that." Actually, I think the Saints hiring him would help with the Goodell crap, because Goodell ain't gonna want to go nowhere near messing with him with all the crap going on. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be like, "I ain't touching that with a ten foot pole." You, you got a job, sweet. Just you know, y'all, y'all just do your thing over there, because the last thing Goodell's gonna want. Is him trying to intervene and Flores being like, motherfucker, you saw what I just did? I ain't playing with you. I hope, but I just... And he's I not a troll like Sean is. He ain't gonna troll yeah. him. He's just gonna straight up be like, I'm about to blast you. I hope the enemy's our guy. Flores. But um, that's it for us today. Go follow our Twitter at no underscore brainer pod. Like our Facebook page. We will see y'all next week. <laughs>